0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.
0: and welcome to episode 395 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and with me this week is... i by the radio
2: too now.
1: This is fine. What do you want to talk about?
2: Robert, how are you doing? Yes, I am back, so that means it must be a bank holiday. <laughs> yes, it's a holiday in the US.
0: It's Labor Day, in actual fact, isn't it, I believe. so. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the day off, so we've got you back on the show. It's been a little while since you've been on, so what sort of stuff have you been doing and watching
2: and playing and stuff? Uh, watching, I watched the bear very good season it's always important to watch a show and support a show where all the impactful stuff isn't like huge bombastic over the top it's all like the human drama of it and then when you really dig down into the subtext you see how much that is and how well that's done especially for a show like the bear on what i'm guessing is a fairly minimal budget yeah because it's basically nothing. Um, it's really good. Outside of that, there really hasn't been a whole lot. I did rent the Super Mario Brothers movie, so that was really a good film. I understand why I did so well at the box office. They did have a theater day here in the States where they're trying to like kick start the theater experience, and it was like $4 a ticket, but they wouldn't let me buy tickets because apparently a whole bunch of places had group sales, and so you can only fight in like groups of like five or ten. Oh. And you couldn't buy couldn't buy a single ticket. You know, that seems slightly dumb. L- let's say. be honest. The world has gone dumb. That's um, true. Yeah. And so, you know, I haven't seen anything relatively new. I had no interest in seeing Blue Beetle just because well, the whole yeah. reboot, not reboot of the DC universe is kind of makes that pointless. Yeah. There really hasn't been anything out movie wise. I wanted to see TV We're in kind of a weird start with all the college sports starting up. So not a whole lot. So gets moved.
0: Out. Yeah, yeah. We don't really have that over here. But in the U.S., yeah, they tend to shift things out of the way of things like college sport launches.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, college that. football started up uh, this weekend. And that's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, yeah. If you ever get a chance, there are some college stadiums that have a bigger attendance capacity than Manchester United Stadium. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State both of those are in like the 110 115,000 capacity. Yeah, it's
0: really weird with you look at some of these college things and I see these reports pop up every so often of like the college has just spent millions on like a new football stadium. Like mm-hmm. an insane like the same level as a premiership football team on a football there, there's stadium. There's some coaches. That, crazy.
2: There's some coaches that get like 15 million a year for their coaching contract. Yeah, the college sort of football stuff over there is just nuts.
0: It sort of all feeds into the the nfl doesn't it but because mm. we don't have anything like that over here i mean we have under 21s teams and that sort of stuff but they're not followed and covered in anywhere near the level of the uh, college football over there it's it's insane that setup.
2: What about game-wise? Have you been doing anything? Game-wise, i kind of been uh, taken up by two things. Version 0.9 came out for uh, Farthest Frontier, added a whole lot of new stuff, so I've been playing a lot of that. Yeah. And also a very uh, Chrono Trigger-inspired game called Sea of Stars hit Game Pass last week, so I've been playing a lot of that. 16-bit style graphics, your typical JRPG stuff, turn-based combat. Timed blocks, timed attacks. Like I said, it's, it's you can tell whoever made it was a really big fan of Chrono Trigger. Um, <laughs> no frog anime, but basically it's a very homage kind of a game to that. And you know, your paste and cut, paint by numbers kind of a plot but it's a decent enough game it's basically it's just killing time for starfield which unlocks for me in two days
0: yes we'll get on to that because i got early access to it so yeah <laughs> jealous yeah we'll get on to that in a minute Farthest frontier though i've been playing around a little bit
2: with that as well that's a, a city builder isn't it yeah it's, i'm kind of in a weird state right now because i'm at tier three and i need a population of 400 to upgrade to tier four But every time I get a big influx of uh, immigrants or births, Raid of like 50 pillagers comes in and kills a ton of people and it never really goes anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's a fun early access build that I think when I, last time I played through it, you can actually turn the raiders off and I just didn't want to deal with it. So I just turned it off instead. I'll have to see if I can find that setting. Yeah. It's getting annoying. Because, you know, I just want to be able to kind of build up a, a city and there's enough other things going on, you know, because it's a sort of medieval city builder so you're building farms and you start off and upgrade the houses and and that sort of thing
2: yeah i finally got that part figured out yeah where you know now i'm on my i've got my like fourth barn for cows for food and my 12th farm making you know, who knows what, just so I can do this and that and the other. Yeah, they've got quite a
0: nice um, system in that game of the crop rotation mm-hmm. thing, which is kind of interesting. They put a lot of thought into that. And it's quite advanced for an early access game. They're on like 0.9 at the moment. I don't know how far they are off off full release, but it's it's got quite a lot of stuff going on in it. So it's definitely worth a, a look, that one.
2: Anything else you've been playing around with? Not really. Like I said, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels till starfield
0: yeah i went through a phase of that that was when i was last playing farthest frontier as well <laughs> it was like what's small that i can pick up and play just until starfield comes out because i looked at *Baldur's gate and i was like yeah i i quite like to play that but i don't want to be in the middle of playing *Baldur's gate when starfield drops <laughs> so i was sort of also in the same position of trying spinning my wheels a bit until until that kind of came out so i was looking speaking for like, of
2: *Baldur's gate 3 there's an interesting exploit that just got uh Shown. So there's this weapon that you can find in the game called Twist of Fortune mm-hmm. to where it does bonus damage depending on how much gold the monster that you're attacking has. But it's like a one off use. You have to do a full rest and then you get one use of it. Right. And so people are reverse pickpocketing and putting like 15,000 gold and they're one shotting bosses doing that. <laughs> it's like plus three damage for every 300 gold. So, you, you know, you put 15,000 gold in somebody's pocket and then all of a sudden that's like 5,000 damage <laughs> and then boom, dead.
0: I love the fact that people come up with these wonderfully inventive ways of like exploiting things like that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they're not even like breaking the game in terms of like hacking or mods or rules or nothing. It's just yeah. like, oh, here's this.
0: Let's dial it up to 11. Yeah. I love stuff like that. That's brilliant. The other thing I've been playing, uh which I mentioned last week was this, uh, there's this little game called Stacklands. Technically, it's a city builder, but it's also a sort of card game as well. So it's sort of a city builder but with cards laid out on a tabletop. So you have a villager card and you stick the villager card on top of a tree and that creates two wood cards. There are sort of animal cards and they sort of bounce around the screen until you build a barn for them. And then they'll sort of stay in one place and they'll sort of bounce around the screen and knock the other cards out of their way and stuff. So it's more an irritant than anything else. There is a sort of overarching plot of sort of this old witch that you've got to go and try and beat. And there's an island that you've got to get to and so it's actually surprisingly works quite well for two things which you'd look at and go well a tabletop sort of card thing and a city builder really shouldn't work together but they do that i was having quite a lot of fun with and then Starfield came out so you know everything else got dropped after that
2: Yeah, I haven't heard of that game. I'm looking at it on Steam right now. It looks kind of interesting, but minimalistic, and it's very affordable. But that did remind me of a stream that Bex did a while back. She was playing For the King. Oh, yeah. And so she hired a bunch of foresters to cut down the forest. And in typical Bex fashion, things went epically wrong. (laughs) Turns out the forest was haunted. The trees came alive and ate all the woodsmen. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. That's what you want.
0: Yeah, I've not played that game, but I know she was messing around with it. It is one that I will pick up at some point because it looks like it's great fun. So uh, It's
2: the very definition of the dog sitting in a burning building going, everything is fine. This is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is one that I will
0: go and look at at some point. But uh, yes, uh, Stacklands, I would say if you want a nice little game that you can go and pick up and play around with, it could be a bit frustrating at times just because it could be a bit difficult, but it's a really interesting idea and uh, very much enjoyed playing around with that as i've mentioned a few times the main thing i've been messing around with is of course starfield because if you paid a little bit of extra money you got early access so i paid the extra and got the early access because i wanted to get on the sun as soon as i could yeah thirty dollars is not a little bit of that. <laughs> that's fair enough Now you do get some other bits and pieces with that as well but i mean the one of the main benefits was the the early access because that's the deluxe edition basically if You paid for that. I've been playing around with that, and it is, of course, the big new release from Bethesda. And I would say it is a Bethesda game through and through, with all the pluses and minuses that come with that. First of all, it is massive. I'm about 25, 26 hours into it at the moment, and I barely feel like I've even scratched the surface of the stuff that there is to do in that game i read online that the main plot line is anywhere between sort of 40 and 60 hours but
2: which is going to be average for pretty much any game
0: yeah but that's just the main plot itself and there are other plot lines that i've already started following which are Getting up there with being probably a good 10, 15 hours on their own. So I don't know how many of those sort of things are, or whether I just happened to stumble across one. But if you know anything about the other Bethesda games like Skyrim and Fallout, you'll know so much of the fun comes from ignoring the main plot and just doing other things in those games. The basic setup for the story is you start out, you're a miner, you find this thing you touch the thing it gives you a vision the thing is apparently some sort of alien tech which i mean i'm not really giving anything away because this is often trailers yeah and, and, and all in that stuff yeah person from this exploration group called the constellation shows up and invites you to join them and so you can find more parts of the thing to find out what it does essentially that is the setup for the main plot but the world that you're in is a sort of future version of the galaxy where Earth has is- pretty much been abandoned you're mostly taking place in this futuristic city called new atlantis that's where you first start there are other cities on other planets and you can fly around from planet to planet and and go and visit various other things there has been some criticism of the space exploration thing because if you're expecting something like elite or like no man's sky even it's not that The getting from planet to planet is basically clicking the planets in the map more than anything else i mean you do have a ship and the ship customization stuff is ridiculous you can build all sorts of weird and wonderful ships that serve as a sort of home base for you and add bits on and create all sorts of things for that there'll be wonderful designs if you go and sort of check out online you've seen all sorts of designs for that sort of stuff but In reality, you're not really traveling through space. In terms of you actually traveling from planet to planet, there isn't a sort of warp effect and you see in the cockpit, you know, like uh, if you've played, I don't know whether you've played the Star Wars games, for example, the way that they cover the cut sequences and the loading sequences in that is you're sitting in the cockpit. It's a bit like with Mass Effect with the elevator rides. If you've ever played that game, the way they covered the cut sequences and the loading in the next bit of the game was you got in an elevator and you'd have these cute little conversations between your Group. There's none of that here. And I do feel that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, it doesn't take very long to load the next planet or anything. It's relatively quick, but you also sort of feel that it breaks the immersion a little bit. And that side of things, I think they could have handled a little bit better. Traveling from planet to planet is basically clicking things on a map. But there is a lot of stuff to explore. There are some planets which are already settled. There are some planets which aren't and you can go and kind of find and claim and stuff there are the usual bethesda issues in this they still can't do a decent inventory management system <laughs> which i mean if you've played Skyrim or you've played fallout you know what that is they've still not managed to kind of nail that it's still a bit janky there are things like you could do with maps when you're in the cities there are sort of maps of the planet and it marks a Sort of the wider locations but there's no overview map of exactly where you are in the city like you might have in other games or a mini map or that sort of stuff so there are little niggles with with things like that
2: having said that they do support mods yeah so- and the wide range of mods which are already out and i've already seen have been ridiculous you've got the super functional Like there's this one mod to where it removes all the uh, filters to where you actually see like the actual colors (laughs) and the game looks like a million times better. And then there's the mod that replaces the start screen with the uh, anime girls, which is just <laughs> the utter ridiculousness of it.
0: Yeah, that's always the thing with Bethesda games. There is a lot of mod support usually for these things. And I mean, there are things, the basic sort of modification, which I think you can actually do by just going in and changing a bit of code from removing the weight limit so you can actually go and pick up absolutely everything you see. Money generally hasn't been a problem for me so far. I mean, you, you get paid enough for from doing various jobs. And I mean, there have been things from go and kill this space pirate to, you know, go and put these sensors out somewhere to stop a bank robbery to uh, try to think what else they've they've had you do. Uh, go and find a power outage by following cables around. The side quest stuff is pure Bethesda and they've done a brilliant job with that stuff. I think the more you play with it and the more you sit with it, the more you will grow to love it. I think the expectation so high for this game that it was never going to be what people thought it was. But if you like things like Fallout, if you like things like Skyrim, this is basically that in space. It is that. They've not implemented everything maybe the way that I would have necessarily thought would be the best way to do it. But in terms of the stories and the fun and the massive amount of stuff to do and the hugeness of the open world, there is a lot that you can play around with and have fun in there. It is a giant sandbox and it is worth going to get. I am having fun with it. I will no doubt not be playing anything else for a very, very long time. So
2: uh, I'm curious, as an aside, have you seen uh, the ship that Adam Savage built for the game? So Adam Savage, who was on Mythbusters, he did a collaboration with Bethesda to where they actually gave him in-game assets, him and his team for his production company, converted that to be usable for 3D printing. And they've been 3D printing parts to assemble a ship to do promotions for it. So some of the shots that you've seen for like the live action trailer or whatnot are that ship that he's built. And they've been going very detailed into some like the old school physical modeling builds for doing that stuff and it's utterly fascinating that even with all the modern technology if you just build the damn thing in real life and not cgi it it just looks so much better and it's on his youtube channel so you should check that out if you're at all interested
0: yeah that that will be quite an interesting one to, to do and i mean if you look around in terms of the shipbuilding stuff we've seen people just come up with some very very cool looking designs and then some people are building millennium falcons some people are building like fire flies i mean there's all sorts of bizarre fun things that people have have kind of tried to recreate using the ship builder so there's a lot of stuff you can spend hours messing around in there that's been really fun and i mean if you you can also as well as doing all that sort of stuff the ship isn't your only home you can have apartments on planets you can go and build outposts you can assign people to outflows to collect stuff as i said i am 25 hours into this and i really feel like i've only barely scratched the surface of it there is a lot more to play with in this game. If you like these Bethesda games, if you liked Fallout, if you like Skyrim, pick this up because you are not going to be disappointed. You are going to have fun with this game. Definitely worth going to check out. In terms of TV stuff that I've been watching, I uh, got to the ends of season two of the US version of Ghosts. That was great. Really enjoyed the second season of it. It's one of those things that, that took a UK show much like they did with the office and ran in their own direction with it and did a really, really good job on the US version. It's as charming as the UK version does a really nice job. They've sort of stretched the stories out. They've managed to find a way of making it fit with the American history. It's a really, really fun little sort of 25 minute comedy show that, and, uh, two seasons up on iPlayer. Worth going to check that one out. Invasion, I started watching on Apple. The second season has just come out, so I started watching the first one. Invasion is pretty much what it says on the tin. It's about an alien invasion. But the way that they've done it is you are following various groups of people from around the world. So there's like a bunch of army rangers that are in Afghanistan towards the end of the war. You've got a group that are launching a space shuttle in japan you've got a family in America you've got a a group of kids in England so you're following all these sort of different stories and things start raining out of the sky and nobody knows quite what's going on and that's the basic start for it it is not a sort of big pew-pew aliens landing with guns and blowing everything up. it's not that it's more in the sort of if you've seen the recent adaptation of the War of the Worlds it's more in that sort Sort of vein of being rather more dramatic, and you're following the sort of human side of that. It is glacially slow for the first five episodes. It's one of those things that I kind of looked at and thought, you know, what they actually do is they jump from story to story to story. So you get a little bit of each of them in each episode. I do wonder if they would have been better off in the first five episodes, actually separating the stories out and like focusing one episode on each, you know, the family in America, the kids in the UK, and done an episode on each of them rather than splitting them all up. Because it's one of those things Where it gets to an interesting point in that one group story, and then suddenly it cuts away to like another thing, and you're like, no, no, I wanted to see what happened at the end of that. So it's a bit frustrating, but. After those first five episodes, it does start to build up a bit more momentum and moving forward a little bit. I'm on about episode eight of that first season, and I can see why it turns some people off. Because it, it is a bit of a slog getting through those first few episodes, because it can be really, really, really slow. But it's well crafted. It's just that's a bit of a drag. So I'm enjoying it. But I sort of want to get to the end first season. I will take a look at the second season as well. Over on Alibi, they launched... So Help Me Todd which is a nice little CBS dramedy in the sort of vein of something like maybe Elementary or The Rookie it's that sort of humour crossed with drama kind of level it's about a guy who is a PI but he's lost his licence because his business partner screwed up and he's the bit of the sort of black sheep of the family and his mother is a high-flying lawyer it ends up with his working for his mother's law firm and he's sort of the maverick pi thing and she's very straight-laced so That's pretty much the setup for that. If you like those sort of dramedy shows, absolutely perfectly watchable. Can't really say much more about it than that. It's on Alibi right now. Uh, It was on CBS in the US. There's a season of that going out. Yeah, it's Marsha Gay Harden too, so
2: that alone is worth watching it for.
0: Yes, and she's great. She plays the mother. The son is played by Skylar Astin, who you might know from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. He starred as Max. In that. So he's a really likable actor. And uh, Marsh Gay Harden is great. I mean, she's been the million things so yeah you know she's she's wonderful the next thing uh, miracle workers end times i've been watching that's steve machemi and daniel radcliffe are the two main leads of it the first season was set in heaven daniel played an angel and steve muscemi plays god second season was set in medieval times third season was on the oregon trail and this season is basically set in a sort of mad max post-apocalyptic future. And um, Daniel and uh, Geraldine Nathan, who plays his wife or girlfriend or love interest in most of these, they play people that have been sort of out in the world. He's like a sort of road warrior and she's this warlord. They meet out on the road, fall in love and decide to move to the suburbs in a place called Boomtown. And it's sort of about suburban life, but... In post-apocalyptic sort of world and it's the same sort of
2: silly humour that you got in the first three seasons really really enjoyable I've never heard of this show I just looked it up it's on TBS which is Turner Broadcasting which is a cable channel over here in the States right and I don't have cable I haven't had cable for 15 years so <laughs> right. this would not have never been on my radar it is a really really fun show
0: and uh, it's well worth checking out if you've not managed to catch it yet but the fourth Season of that, which is called End Times, is going out on Sky Comedy over here, as you say, uh, and it's on TBS in the US. The other thing, which actually starts this week, is uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. The fourth season of that dropped, but I have seen a few preview episodes of this. It's a really, really good opening episode. It has the crew of the Ceritos who are assigned to assist the caretaker on the voyage of uh, well, it's it as a historically significant starship in this so i won't give any more away than that but it's a wonderfully fun really messes around with uh, some of the sort of historical stuff as they do with lower decks really great opening episode and uh, also there are promotions in the works this season as well so uh, the some of the crew get promoted which is also quite interesting and it looks like they are actually making that a permanent thing there's a few things changing in it which sort of makes sense and I'm glad they're not just using the sort of Simpsons trope of everybody stays basically the same from episode to episode they are actually kind of moving things on and uh, having some of the characters get promoted and stuff Lower Decks is brilliantly funny and uh, highly entertaining so if you're a Star Trek fan and you've maybe been avoiding it because it's a comedy don't because it is very very Trek in its own right
2: it's also hilarious that they made a whole show it's in its fourth season from a one-off next generation episode I think it's actually called Lower Decks. Hang on, let me look it oh, up. Oh,
0: yes, you're right. I don't know whether that was initially the inspiration for it, but certainly, yeah, there, there was an, a Next Generation episode that was sort of based around the Lower Decks. And I'm so glad that they have kind of run with that because it does make for a really, really entertaining show. What I like is they managed to keep the comedy, but also keep it very star trek as well and not tread over the canon too much they do a really really good job of balancing that out lower Dex is out later this week it's out on paramount plus over here and it will be on prime video as well here so uh, it's a couple of places you can watch it but the first three seasons are now on paramount plus as well so you can go and check that out over there that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs>
3: them. So
0: we kick off the TV and film news with renewals cancellations and pickups. There's been a couple of cancellations. How I Met Your Father has been cancelled by Hulu after two seasons. The Great also cancelled by Hulu after three seasons. Did you see
2: either of those? I... No, I've not, I've not seen How I Met Your Father. The last season of How I Met Your Mother just annoyed me so much. I had <laughs> literally zero interest of it. The Great, not heard of that. I actually cancelled... My Disney Plus, so I don't get Hulu anymore, so I'm Ah. not able to watch any of those shows.
0: Yeah, The Great was a historical dramedy about Catherine the Great and her sort of rise to power in Russia. I think out of the two of them, that's the one that raised a few eyebrows the fact that they cancelled that because how met your father i mean it's hulu so we don't know viewing figures for either of these but how met your father i think anybody that had seen that it's fun enough but it didn't have anywhere near the spark that how i met your mother had and the cast didn't gel as well and i mean it was fine but i'm not overly shocked that they've decided not to bring that back the great though universally have been getting excellent reviews across the board it also had a stack of emmy nominations i don't think it had actually i think it had won one for costuming but it hadn't actually won anybody anything for the cast but it had got like nine emmy nominations or something so i think it's a little Surprising that they decided to cancel that. I mean, the one reason that they may have done is because it isn't made by Disney. How Met Your Father was made by Disney. It was made by 20th Television. The Great actually wasn't. It was made by outside studios. Uh, So in the UK, it didn't air on Disney Plus. It actually, or, you know, we don't have Hulu, but it didn't air on Disney Plus. It aired on Lionsgate Plus and on Channel 4 later on. So I don't think they had the international rights for it which will probably mean that they weren't making anywhere near the same amount of money that they maybe would have done had they made it themselves. So I think that possibly may be part of the reason that contributed to its demise. Maybe it was expensive. I don't know. But unfortunately, that's gone after three seasons. HBO have also, well, sort of cancelled the show. The Idol which got a very mixed response when that was released on HBO. That was actually kind of conceived as a limited series in the first place anyway, but there was some talk about them doing more of it. That's now definitely not happening. So uh, they're not bringing that back. So The Idol won't be returning. There are a couple of renewals. Lincoln Lawyer has been renewed for season three on Netflix, which I'm very happy about because that's another good dramedy. They've also renewed something called the uh, Merton Murders, a Southern
2: Scandal. That's been renewed for season two on Netflix. You aware of either of those? No, I haven't had Netflix for the longest time, and I don't have HBO either, so (laughs) it's way too expensive to try to keep up with streaming Yeah, because HBO is 15 a month. Netflix, I forget if I talked about this last time I was on, but the 9.99 a month is for 420p yeah. you actually have to pay 15 bucks a month to get it in uh, HD and that's I just know. insane.
0: yeah I object to that strongly the fact that they tie that picture quality to how much you pay is nuts to me that's completely insane. In some pickups and other news, there has been a new pickup on the BBC. They've picked up season two of The Newsreader, which is an Australian drama. They aired season one last year, so uh, they've picked up season two of that. Disney have shuffled some shows around as well. So Loki season two, that date is staying. That's still the 6th of October, so we're still getting that then. What If Season 2, which was originally way, way back set for early 2023, is now going to be released in December this year, so sometime around Christmas. Echo, which was originally supposed to be November 29th, they've moved that to January. X-Men 97 was supposed to be autumn. That's now been moved to early 2024. Agatha which was originally supposed to be winter 2023 have been pushed all the way back to October 2024 and Daredevil Born Again which had been given a date of spring 24 Ironheart which was supposed to be in this autumn and Wonder Man which didn't have a date all have been delayed until after the strike gets resolved so we don't know when they're likely to turn up. So yeah, a bit of shuffling around them. But most of that I think is, or some of that is strike related certainly because Daredevil hadn't finished filming, for example, which is why that's got pushback. I'm not sure if that's also the case with Angatha, maybe. But I mean, that was supposed to come out later this year. So, you know, you would have thought they would finished that. I think part of it is just trying to spread things out because of the fact that they're running out of content, maybe. But are you following
2: any of... I mean, I know you don't have Disney now, but... I did see the cancellations, but I'm wondering if this delay is more from the fact that Disney got hit with another lawsuit by investors over them lying about streaming numbers and streaming revenue, so... <laughs> Possibly
0: they have been sort of trying to cut us and
2: we know that they're moving
0: things around and I, I don't know whether this is trying to paper over holes or, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the exact reasoning for this is. Some of it will be strike related because they just literally haven't finished filming. It's stuff. an easy excuse. Yeah, as you say that is an easy excuse. I mean like Ironheart for example has been backburned and that was originally due out in the autumn. Now ish. So you would have thought most of that should actually been shot and like they gave echo a release date and they've pushed that back to january so they're not necessarily relating to them having not filmed things i think some of these may be having to get shifted around based on the moving movies around as well would be the other thing because with it all being interconnected you will have to move things based on if you're pushing movies back and stuff there is some of that um True Detective has also moved as well. True Detective Night Country, which is the new season of that, that's been pushed to January 2024. So that's coming on HBO. Interesting little bit of walking back dead news walking dead dead city has been registered at the bbfc which is the uh, people that give the ratings in the uk that is usually a sign that it's going to get some sort of uk release because none of those walking dead spin-offs have been released in the uk yet we don't know where we don't know whether it'll be a release to buy it somewhere or whether that means it's going to end up on a streaming service but it does sort of indicate that it's going to be coming out because otherwise they wouldn't have rated it because i think they have to go and actually request that the thing is rated so it would seem that it's going to pop up at some point somewhere but other than that we don't know over on paramount plus yellowstone have you heard any of this whether you've seen any of yellowstone
2: i've not seen it i have heard backdrop drama for that yes Uh Outside of that, I don't really know anything about
0: the whole thing. So if you've not been following all the drama at Yellowstone, basically the series was supposed to be continuing and they're on the fifth season. They then announced that the fifth season was going to be the final season because Kevin Costner didn't want to do it anymore. And weirdly, this sort of came out of the child support hearing. (laughs) because he's getting divorced at the moment and he had to testify at his child support hearing so as part of the divorce proceedings so some of this sort of news came out of that and he was talking about they were obviously talking about incomes and like what he was working on and that sort of stuff so Costner said he had every intention of returning for a sixth season but he said i couldn't help them anymore with the way he phrased it we tried to negotiate but they offered me less money than for the previous seasons he claimed there were also issues with the creative, so so it sounds like he just wasn't happy with where it was going and they tried to offer him less money than he'd been paid previously he also said that the issues with season five and that there's basically been this rift between kevin costner and tyler sheridan who's the show creator because they split the fifth season into two parts that kind of upset him because there was a show that i was filming once a year and now suddenly i'm filming it twice he's got a feature film which he's working on as well which is his own feature film and he planned to shoot that in between season five parts one and two but they still hadn't finished shooting the first half by the time that he was due and scheduled to go off and shoot his movie so that kind of screwed him over and also said that there were no scripts written for the second half either. So it sounds like things have been a bit disorganized, according to Costner at Yellowstone. And he's basically just gone, stuff this, I'm just walking away. So what they're in and now doing is they are ending Yellowstone at season five, and there will be a new show which will take some of the cast over from the original show, but will have a new lead who is rumoured to be is it Matthew McConaughey. I think they were working on trying to get in as the new lead. Obviously, all that is completely on hold until after all the strike stuff is resolved, but there is that. So drama and stuff, but if you were wondering what was going on with Yellowstone, that's what's been going on with Yellowstone. And the other bit of news that came out was The Last of Us Season 2 is apparently all set and ready to go, but obviously they can't do anything until the strike ends, according to Neil Druckmann. So they apparently are all prepped for that, and they can start shooting pretty much as soon as the strike is all resolved. But that is good news, at least, for that. Speaking of the strike, we're obviously been keeping you up, trying to keep you up to date with what's going on with that. <laughs> One of the news stories that came out was the uh, Actors Union, sag Afra, are apparently also or were apparently also in in negotiations with uh, the video games companies about a deal, and it's looking like there is a distinct possibility they may strike against the video games companies as well. They've basically reached a stalemate of the deal of that. It was some of the similar issues that they're having with the Hollywood studios over. Wages are guaranteed amounts of uh, pay for the work that they're doing, and also on AI as well. And I mean, arguably, video games and AI. Are probably slightly more difficult. And the stuff to do with the licensing of scanning people's face and using that and all that sort of stuff. That's a lot trickier when it comes to the video game things. The announcement on Friday said the union had been asking video games companies for an 11% increase in rates paid to video game performance. They also are asking for protections from AI, which they say poses a threat to the artist's future work and careers, as well as better working conditions, which is pretty much everything that they've been asking for from Hollywood as well. In a statement to the BBC, a spokesperson for the Tanks video game company the Talk said that all sides were seeking a fair contract that reflects the work done by performers. I mean, whilst this sort of stuff, particularly with the AI and the usage of people's faces and that sort of stuff, it's in its infancy in the movie stuff. With the video games, I can sort of see why that's going to be a bigger sticking point. Because if you're the lead in a video game and they're actually using your phone, you want to be kind of careful of what you've signed up for there and what they can actually use that for moving forward and i mean it's no surprise that the two companies that get named in this are activision and electronic arts because i mean the way that they've treated people in the past it doesn't surprise me that those are the two companies that are coming out on the wrong side of this
2: yeah it's like there's a weird contest between those two companies on who could be the worst
0: (laughs) there really is and i mean i hadn't even realized that the actors union dealt with the video game side of things because I mean there has been all sorts of I mean I remember even going back as far as things like GTA 4 the actors talking about how Badly, they were paid for those sort of games um the the actor that paid the cousin I remember particularly spoke out about it. They record an awful lot of stuff for that, and they're used all over the place and I don't know what they get back from it, but it's nowhere near as much as you think it probably should be. I suspect I can sort of see why they're fighting there, so i mean we'll we'll see what happens with that, but yes, there could possibly a strike between the actors and the video games as well now I mean obviously that's not going to have as big a yeah impact as it has done on Hollywood, but it's still going to have some sort of impact. There is some good news on the strike front. AMC networks, of all people, uh, (laughs) have actually struck a deal with sag to get some shows back to work. So the Walking Dead spin-offs, and interview with the Vampire, they will go back to filming. Interview with Vampire will resume filming its second season in Prague. Daryl Dixon, that will film its second season in Europe. And Walking Dead, the one who Lives, which is the Andrew Lincoln, Ed and Nye, Guerrera, Rick and Michonne thing. That was basically finished, but had some post-production work left to do, and that required some voice work from the two actors. So they've got dispensation to go back and finish that. They've struck a deal directly with the union to allow them to go back and work. There have been a few things, a few shows and movies that have managed to strike direct deals with the union. In a lot of cases it's it's when they are filming outside of the us and when they're filming with a lot of cast members who aren't sag Africa members where they're like filming in the UK so for example game of Thrones uh, house of the Dragon is still filming because most of the cast there are equity members rather than sag members there have been a few places where deals have been struck where you've got one or two actors that are maybe sag and the rest of them aren't so they don't want to hold up the entire production for a bunch of other people in a different country they've come to an agreement of deal to be able to get those back working again it does bring up the interesting point that one ex-Hollywood exec suggests which of the biggest sticking points we've been talking about previously with this strike has been the amount of money that they are paid from the streaming services because uh you know and the streaming services are, are claiming that they can't Pay them these ridiculously small amount extra based on the popularity of the shows, which is what they do in network TV. And one ex Hollywood executive basically said, "What the TV networks? So you're talking the sort of you know Fox, NBC, CBS, CW, ABC. What those guys should actually do is just ignore the streaming services and go and do a deal directly with the union themselves. So at least they can all get start working and they can all go back to work." which would alleviate some of the pressure off the networks. And hopefully, as long as SAG gets a decent deal out of them, it also potentially puts pressure on the streamers because it means that they've been cut out of the loop and they're the only ones that can't get content out. That's an interesting idea. I don't know whether they'd ever do it, but I think that would be uh, one way of moving forward. I don't know whether you
2: have been following any of the strike stuff. Well, here's the thing with the strike, and this is something that you kind of know, but you don't really want to admit is that the companies want this strike and they want this strike to last as long as possible because it gives them the perfect excuse to cancel shows that they know are going to fail under the guise of it's... The strike's fault. Not We know this is absolute garbage. We can't cancel it because we're going to lose too much ESG score or politics or whatever. So we'll just blame the strike. And you can see that in the fact that the last eight Disney movies combined have lost over a billion dollars. The ratings for all their Disney Plus shows are just absolutely cratering to where on Rotten Tomatoes, the, the final episode of secret invasion is rated like 9% now (laughs) still gets a seven out of 10 from IGN. So I don't even (laughs) look at IGN anymore. And that's the reason why I canceled Disney plus. Oh, do you like Willow? Okay, well we'll bring it back, but we'll shit all over the character. Oh, do you like Nick Fury? Oh, we'll bring him back. but We'll make him a broken old man. Oh, do you like Indiana Jones? Oh, we'll bring him back. But now he's a sad, pathetic drunk. Yeah, I'm done with all that. (laughs) And a lot of people are, It's the reason why Disney stock is at a 15-year low. Yeah. It's down over 120 points over the last three years. And people are just done. And Mm -hmm. now the strike is a perfect excuse to cancel all this stuff they know is going to fail. They know is going to make everybody mad. They know is going to lose them a ton of money. And so they're just cutting their losses now.
0: I think there is a certain amount of that. Certainly, they are using the strike as an excuse to be able to get rid of some things. The problem is that they don't seem to have a plan after that. (laughs) as well because you still need to make content even if they get rid of all this stuff okay great you just you've got rid of all the stuff that you don't think is going to work but what are you going to do there doesn't seem to be much thought moving past that the whole strike from the studio's point of view there doesn't seem to be any forethought of sort of what happens next they can cancel shows. They can screw over the actors. They can screw over the writers or try to as much as they like. But at the end of the day, they still need these people to make content. And they're at a point where you've got writers and actors saying, we can't literally can't afford to do this anymore because we are not making a livable wage. And you're also trying to sort of replace things with ai and digital actors and that sort of stuff. I've heard no sort of future could kind of yeah you know, what the future landscape
2: looks like if they manage to get their way. The irony is is that they always use the term livable wage, but this is in California, literally the most expensive place. Well, that is true. In yes. America, quite possibly the planet to live in. Yes, that is true. That is a problem in itself, of course, as well. Cuz I work Uh, What I make for what I work, I would literally have to make five times as much if I was doing what I was doing in California. And what I do is not worth five times as much. Mm-hmm. just to maintain the same lifestyle yeah that is an issue as well
0: but you aren't only talking about california i mean you know that yeah yeah you know, you're talking about people that are shooting in atlanta you're talking about people that even you know the ones that go up and shoot in canada and again you know you're not talking about for every named actor that you know for every sort of brian cranston there are like five thousand unnamed actors that are not making a livable wage you know oh, yeah, absolutely. that so
2: you know i you look and, at any episode on imdb and once you get past the stars you'll see 30 40 people that you've never heard of yeah again
0: to me there just doesn't seem to be a plan moving forward and they hit this stalemate because i don't think the actors and the writers are going to back down and the studios seem to be blindly prepared to just go forward and yes well they might get to sort of dump a bunch of stuff that they don't think will make any money okay but what are you going to do because if you've got no content you've got no product sort of like burning down your shop because
2: the rent's too high but still wanting to sell stuff you know yeah yeah I mean, Yeah, I agree with you. There is no plan but there was never a plan to begin with so no
0: well i mean that's the other thing is you know the whole thing about the streaming residual side of things they've been saying oh it's too difficult to work out cuz at the moment the actors and writers are paid based on whatever they they were hired at and the amount of subscribers on that particular streaming service they're not paid for the amount of views that a particular show gets which is how you pay on network tv you know if a show's incredibly popular you Get paid more as the actor or the writer of it because the show is incredibly popular. They try to claim, oh, that's very difficult to do. We can't do that for for America. Uh, The fact is that they are forced to do that in European countries. They do it in France. They do it in Germany. I think they do it in Sweden. They do it in a number of European countries. They are forced by law to work that way. So to try and say that it's not possible is Mm -hmm. rubbish.
2: So yeah, especially with streaming services because that you can track very very easily. Yeah. Now, the flip side of that is people are dumping subscription services left and right. Variety reported back in May, Disney Plus lost four million subs, you know, which is down 26 Mm percent. So when I said I quit my Disney Plus subscription, I wasn't the only one. Um, If you look, especially if you look at other subscription services like Netflix or whatever, all the big ones. People are dropping on left and right because there's too many of them mm-hmm. and they're getting too expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: People were sort of like asking for more choice and it was great when you had a situation where like, I mean, the the entire premise of Hulu when it was first set up was it was a place where they put a whole bunch of different shows from different places on Hulu. It's now changed so Every single different company has their own streaming service and they're expecting you to pay for them separately. Mm-hmm. And we've actually heard both, uh, I think it was Warner Brothers and one of the other guys, they've actually talked about sort of saying the way forward is for us to team up and sell these things as packages.
2: And that's what Hulu was, because you could get, at least over here in the States, you could get ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox shows all at one place, and they collabed. And now they're all splitting up and doing their own thing. Yeah. And the other downside to all these streaming services is that, like you said, they got to have content and they come up with the, I swear, it's like a dartboard of stupidity (laughs) for the content. I was flipping channels to the other day and there was a reality show and I'm not making this up. You can look this up. It's a reality dating show and it was called Boy Island. Yes. That yes. is actually a show. It is.
0: I'm aware of that. F Boy Island, I am aware of that, yes. And I think they've actually done a female spin-off of it as well. Yeah, it's called MILF Manor. Yeah. There are shows that occasionally pop up on UK TV even going, really, that some of the things that they, they cover, usually on Channel Four, late at night or channel five, but I, it's Channel Five particularly is bad for it. But some of the reality things just blow my mind what they're actually coming up with. But you know, it's cheap TV and that's why they do it. It's yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah, we don't know how long this strike is going to go on for. There are no signs of it ending anytime soon. They had originally said that Labor Day, i.e. today, Today, when we're recording this, was sort of the deadline for them to be able to actually get at least half seasons of shows out. They have now said that if they can do it in the next couple of weeks and actually resolve something in the next few weeks, then they might be able to get half seasons out. But it's looking increasingly unlikely that they're going to manage to do it. And it's looking very likely that particularly for those big network things, the, you know, your NCISs and your Law and Orders and all that sort of stuff, you are probably not going to get new seasons of that until potentially September, October next year. You're just going to miss a year of them most likely because they probably aren't going to bring them back off season and the longer this goes on as I say if they don't manage to bring them back by October the chances of them actually managing to film something that they could get on screen by sort of February, you know, when it would come back post Christmas for half a season. It's not very likely. So uh it's gonna be um interesting, I think, <laughs> over the next few weeks as they start to run out of content because they've still got things that they can put out at the moment, but that well is going to run dry. Then we really are gonna see how much they're prepared to move. That's where we are with the strike. There's not really much other news around at the moment. So uh we're just gonna move on to some highlights for next week on TV.
1: ダウダウダウダウ
0: So highlights for next week. We have uh, Justified City Primeval that is coming to Disney Plus on the 6th of September. That's uh, Timothy Oliphant returning as uh, Rylan Givens. 6th of September on Disney Plus for that. Top Boy returns for its fifth and final season. That's on Netflix on the 7th of September. Love and Death, that comes to ITVX. That's a uh, Elizabeth Olsen starring, um, I think it's a true crime thing, but uh, two church-going couples enjoy a small-town family life in Texas, until somebody picks up an axe but that's called love and death that's uh, itvx on the 7th of september the killing kind which is a new limited series coming to paramount plus that's 7th of september it's based on a best-selling novel by jane casey the lovers that is a uh, darkly comic romantic drama about finding your soulmate in the most unlikely of places that's coming to Skymax on the 7th of September at 9pm. Virgin River returns for its fifth season, that's on Netflix on the 7th of September as well, and uh, pretty much everything, 7th of September. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Star Trek Lower Decks, season four of that, lands 7th of September on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah,
2: I did find that on IMDB. It's season seven, episode 15 of Next Generation. It's literally called Lower Decks. the mission go. of the Enterprise is seen through the eyes of junior officers who are up for promotion as questions of duty and honor arise among them yeah so that was sort
0: of i think the uh, inspiration point i think you're probably right for it but um, yeah it is a brilliant brilliant show season four is great it's a wonderful opening episode as well so uh star trek lower deck season four paramount plus and um, prime video as well it's on both that 7th of september for that that is everything for this week if people want to hear more of of you they can find you over on entertainment talk
2: i'm guessing yeah we do matt and i do gaming podcasts we didn't do one last week uh, he wasn't feeling really great i don't know if you've everything is so much starfield that everything gets drowned out <laughs> yeah. it's like those videos you see of when they open up a, a clean gate for like a dam and then it just like a little bit comes out and then all of a sudden just like <laughs> and you know water shoots out 100 feet across that's kind of what my uh youtube feed is right now for anything yes. it's all starfield 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 yeah tips, tricks, here's this, here's that, here's this Easter egg, and I'm just like, blah, 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 blah,
0: blah, I don't want to (laughs) see. Don't spoil it. Yes, yes, that is the problem when it gets out early access. So, uh, yes, there is, uh, hopefully I got through my talking about it without too many spoilers, but there is uh, a lot of Starfield stuff out there. But um, Starfield officially releases on the 6th, that's the Wednesday, so um, yeah, it it will be out very, very, very soon, and uh, you can go and play around with that unless you bought the early access stuff and then you can get it there and go and find Robert over on uh, Entertainment Talk with Matt for lots more podcasts over there Bex you can find on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S she is uh, streaming every week she uh, is now out of the airport in Germany that she was stuck out for a number of days she is back home in the UK so she is actually streaming again so you can go and check her out over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes and Daryl you can find find over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series you love which are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website guys, find us at geektown on x twitter whatever we're calling it these days uh, on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on blue sky at geektown on instagram at GeekTownUK, on tiktok at GeekTownUK, and on threads at GeekTownUK. uk that That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.